Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Muni360 podcast from New York Life Investments. I'm Chris Roberti with Mackay Municipal Managers. In a municipal market that is highly complex, from public policy to market technicals, we're excited to bring you another podcast focusing on current municipal themes and strategies for clients to consider. I'm excited to be joined today by Sonny Gill, directly from our trading desk in Los Angeles. Sonny's a bond trader with focus on the taxable municipal segment of the market. We've been looking forward to having him on the show to share his observations. Sonny, great to have you with us today on Muni360 Podcast. Great to be here. Thanks for having me, Chris. So, Sonny, we are in the early stages of 2023 after a very challenging year in municipals and fixed income in general. So realizing, as we've said in the past, that the team does not make interest rate calls or duration bets in the portfolios we manage, many still ask how we would assess the current rate and inflation narrative. Do we think the current narrative is priced into the municipal market? Sure. Let's touch upon the first part of the question regarding the interest rate and inflation outlook first. I think the questions we're asking ourselves this year are very, very similar to the questions we asked ourselves last year. Where do interest rates need to go in order to combat and lower inflation? The only difference being where we stand in terms of interest rates right now versus where we were to start last year. The beginning of 2022, interest rates, Fed funds were at a zero to 25 base point range. And the outlook was that we were going to hike rates up to a 1%. Well, to end the year, we were at a 450% interest rate in Fed funds. And so right now, going into the year, between a 4.25% interest rate and a 4.50% interest rate, we're asking ourselves the same questions, but we're definitely, definitely far closer to where we need to be in order to temper inflation, given that we're 400 plus base points above where we were to start last year. So again, the questions are the same, but we're in a lot better position from an interest rate perspective in order to have a better ability to combat inflation right now. And in terms of the impact to munis, you're kind of having interesting effects because of the buyer base and what makes up the municipal market. If you look at interest rates from the treasury yield perspective, you're going to see an inverted yield curve. There's a lot of bonds on the front end shorter maturities that yield more than bonds in the long end. But because of the buyer base within the muni market, you don't have as big of an inversion that you see on the treasury market. And it's creating a lot of interesting opportunities in the municipal space that we'll get into. But I think from a pricing perspective, components of our outlook are priced in, others are not. Just because of the fundamental makeup of our market, And I think that's what makes it very interesting and very appealing. And there's lots of ways that different investors can take advantage of uh, opportunities in the municipal space. Right. That's interesting. Yeah. When you really think about the move has been massive already, which really brings us to the next question. While some investors may be a bit tentative given interest rate talk and inflation in the U.S., can you share some thoughts on just general levels, spreads, and the overall attractiveness in the municipal marketplace that we see? Right, absolutely. So touching upon like what we spoke about a few minutes ago, one of the things we look at closely is the municipal bond to treasury bond ratio. And that's a comparison of the yields investors can get if they invest in municipal bonds versus what they can get in treasury bonds. For the most part, those ratios are going to be inside of 100%. 
Why? Similar credit rating, credit profile, you have fairly safe credit profiles in both products, both municipal bonds and treasury bonds. And so that difference is being driven by the tax exemption. You're going to be willing to be compensated by a lower yield if the product is tax exempt versus what you're going to need to be compensated by if it was a taxable product. Now, if you look through the lens of these ratios, you're going to see a few interesting things. One, the front end of the yield curve for municipal bonds. Right now, we've had a recent phenomenon where short maturity bonds in the municipal market, I'm, th I'm talking 2024 maturity, 2025 maturities, they're yielding more than bonds if you go further out the municipal yield curve. You'd have to go all the way out to 2036 in order to find MMD rates that are equivalent to what you'd be able to invest at if you just invested in a bond with a one-year or two-year maturity. And that phenomenon really hasn't been seen in the municipal market for a while. Over in the treasury space, you see it with the inversion. The entire yield curve is inverted. Shorter duration and shorter maturity treasury bonds offer more yield than longer maturity, but that hasn't been the case in munis. We think that investors should look at these opportunities whenever they come because you're able to add exposure to parts of your investment that you have been able to and still accomplish the yield pickup without needing to go out further on the yield curve. Another place we find interesting is in the 30-year space. These ratios have not tightened as much as certain maturities. I'm thinking the five-year, the 10-year maturities where ratios are a lot tighter. And so investors really aren't picking up incremental yield, tax equivalent yields by investing in those bonds as much as they can in the 30-year space. Let's look at 30-year municipal bonds, AAA rated. They'll trade around a 350% yield. If you assume a 37% federal tax rate, that's a taxable equivalent close to 6%. And treasury bonds are close to 4%. You're picking up almost 200 basis points and sometimes even north of that in order to buying a municipal bond with a similar credit profile. So it's definitely advantageous to look at those two points of the curve, which in my opinion, look attractive. Places that don't look as attractive, but have found a buyer base because of the cash inflows into our market are the five-year points, the 10-year points. And there's nothing wrong with those points from a credit perspective, from a yield curve attractiveness perspective. We're looking either further out or shorter in, but there's nothing wrong with those bonds either. And for paying, you're pretty much locking in a tax exempt yield at this higher yield environment for 10 years. And there's nothing wrong with that either. It's just from a relative standpoint, there are parts of the curve where you can accomplish similar trades, similar investments that would just compensate you more incrementally. And so those are the places we're looking at. But again, given the yield space we're in now, given that it's priced into the municipal market, not as much because of the inversion, but just as much so because of outright rates, we think it's an attractive kind of space throughout the yield curve with some particularly attractive place if one you know kind of takes out the microscope and wants to comb through and find value. Right. So it sounds interesting to be able to pick the right spots, which kind of brings us to the next question. So you know, what are your observations, Sonny, so far out of the gate this year in terms of market tone compared to last year, right? It seems like we had a really strong start in January, came out really on fire in the month of January, only to have a partial reversal in February. Interested in your thoughts on that. Absolutely. The first question we talked about 
how things were very similar between this year and last year, you're asking yourself the same macro questions. Where are we in terms of interest rate expectations? And where are we in terms of how that ties together with our ability to combat inflation? And even though the questions are similar and we've had similar kind of interest rate volatility, the markets are a lot more orderly this year than they were last year. And we go back to that point I made about where Fed funds rate were, rates were. They were between a 0% and 25 basis points to start the year. And we ultimately got to a 425 to 4.5% Fed funds rate range. That's a lot of uncertainty that needed to take place. And that was early on throughout the year where investors were kind of heightening their expectations. What did that mean for fixed income? You really did not know the appropriate long-term yields you needed to buy an investment in order to feel confident that this five-year, this 10-year, this 30-year investment I was making, this is a good yield to be buying it at. That uncertainty impacted the markets where it, it was very difficult to find both buyers and sellers that felt happy with the prices with the, which they were transacting at. This year, when we entered the year at a Fed funds rate between four and a quarter and 450, the marginal expectations are not this gigantic 4% increase from where we are now. Expectations based on where Fed fund futures are trading at is that we have a whole one percentage point hike between now through the end of the year. And so that's a lot less uncertainty than we had last year. And what that's enabling market participants to do is just to have more opportunities to execute on the views they want and be more happy doing so. Your higher yield component of the uh, market is high yielding. It's not like last year where everything was right on top of each other and your high yield was giving you marginal compensation versus uh, investment grade. Right now, if you believe that the economy is gonna do fine and you wanna take some credit risk, you can and you will be compensated for it. If you don't believe that, you can still invest in the investment grade universe, either investment grade corporates or investment grade munis and have a significant amount of compensation. But again, there's that difference between high yield and IG where you can take a view, feel confident that you're being compensated for it and see returns commensurate if your catalysts play out. So I think because of that, the market is just a lot healthier. We're a lot higher. So participants are just a lot more satisfied in being able to take views and knowing that if and when their views play out, their investments will have a total return that's commensurate with those views and their expectations. And that's been leading to order, more orderly markets. So let's move on to the credit landscape a bit. Prior shows, we've talked about this. And some clients will ask how credit landscape will hold up should economic weakness and recessionary pressures persist. What are your thoughts on that, Sonny? Sure. I think. If someone's outlook is slightly bearish on the economy, munis are a great place to execute that view. I mean, you look at last year, um, according to Fitch ratings, the upgrades to downgrades ratio, that's the number of upgrades that municipal credits had divided by the number of downgrades that municipal credits have had was 2.9. So almost three to one municipal credits were being upgraded versus downgraded. And these credits felt that same type of economic pressure that we had throughout last year. So 
again, municipal credits should hold up very, very well under economic stress. And we talk about it for various reasons. One reason, uh, our insights last year, inflation tends to, I wouldn't go as far as saying help municipal credits, but they're a lot more insulated. When you think of sales tax credits, as prices go up, the amount of sales tax paid and the proceeds from sales tax are increasing. And so it somewhat insulates these market forces or these economic forces from hurting municipal bonds as much as it would say an investment grade corporate. So it's an excellent place. Now, not everything is incredibly well within the municipal space. You still have to be mindful of what these economic pressures can do to various sectors within the muni universe. One particular sector is the healthcare industry. Within the municipal asset class, there were 13 upgrades compared to 14 downgrades in the sector in 2022. So even though the broader municipal market was almost three to one, you had a more one-to-one ratio within certain sectors such as the healthcare. And what that tells you is that even within municipals, you have to be mindful of what you're buying. That's gonna hold true throughout any fixed income asset you decide to buy. You're being compensated for the risks, absolutely, but the catalyst that's gonna drive total return are very different for all these asset classes. And that's the case within munis. You wanna know what sectors you're buying and how you're being compensated for it because there is a risk. Now, some credits will do much better as seen by the overall municipal market, whereas some like the healthcare tend to do worse in environments where there's economic pressure. So much like you were saying, you have to be selective and pick your spots on the yield curve, similar philosophy in sectors and credit, which credits you choose. So it makes sense. Why should investors consider actively managed funds as a replacement or complement to passive approaches? And what are some of the recent portfolio positioning themes that illustrate that point? I think one of the biggest differentiators in the municipal market versus other marketplaces are the pockets of inefficiencies that develop and an ability for investment managers to take advantage of those inefficiencies. At the same time, those inefficiencies are gonna be detrimental to other asset managers. Usually the case is passive managers at times of forced selling will find themselves selling bonds into markets that don't have a bid. And so when you have an active approach, you could take advantage of those pockets of inefficiencies. And that happened throughout all of last year where outflows from mutual funds drove fund managers to sell bonds at prices that they did not want to sell at. And oftentimes active managers that were able to kind of get ahead or expect that there were volatility that may lead to these opportunities were able to raise cash in good markets and take advantage by investing in these pockets of inefficiencies They don't happen often, but when they do, it's very, very important and critical to take advantage. And that's where most of the alpha from being an active manager comes from. You have to be aware of these pockets of inefficiencies and you have to be understanding of the intrinsic value of municipal bonds because there may be inefficiencies that arise because of credit deterioration. And that's not one where you want to be the bid. But at times where it's systemic, where a lot of fund managers find themselves in a place where they're selling bonds at price they don't want to, that's one where you can take advantage. Another reason is 
Going back to that credit quality concern we had from the last question, active managers can find a look at these earnings reports of, let's say, the healthcare industry and take this view that, hey, I want to get down in my exposure to healthcare credits, whereas a passive manager can't. And so now they're exposed to the full kind of extent of the damage done in a sector like the hospital, whereas an active manager can get ahead. It often takes a lot longer within the municipal market to fully realize the impact from earnings reports, such as in the healthcare industry. A lot of times these bonds traded just fine throughout 2022 and it's up until the later end and the beginning of this year where investors are starting to realize, oh wait, these earnings reports are slightly bearish on the sector and so we want to get down. Whereas active managers can kind of read the tea leaves early in the year and get ahead of getting down in exposure and do so in a market that is willing to be the bid for these bonds as opposed to getting out when everybody wants to get out in unison. So those are some of the things that an active manager can provide. Within our portfolios, it's taking advantage and, and recognizing the opportunities that we spoke about throughout this conversation. The parts of the curve we like. We'd like to buy shorter bonds, that two-year, three-year out of 3%. We'd like to buy longer bonds where ratios are cheap relative to the rest of the market. We're going to sell exposure to things like the healthcare sector where we think that earnings are going to continue to come in negative with the negative outlook. So that's what an active manager can provide, this holistic view, this look across the, the yield, municipal yield curve, look at credit quality, look at sectors, and be able to execute on those views. That's great, Sonny. It's, it's really good to see that the team at Makai Municipal Managers is optimistic about the market. We definitely get the point that you have to pick your spots, whether it's curve, positioning, credit, sectors, and things of that nature. This has really been a great conversation. Definitely confident our listeners are going to find your thoughts and insights to be very helpful. Before we let you go, though, do you have any parting thoughts for our listeners? The parting thought I'm going to give is the quote you gave me, pick your spots. I think that's going to be vital to investors this year. I think there's a, a generic feel of euphoria in regards to fixed income markets this year. And I would say that euphoria is, it's appropriate, but in cases. Now, there is a fixed income asset class for everybody to execute on their views, but not every asset class, every fixed income asset class is the type that the investor is looking for. Pick your spots. If you're more bullish on the economy, you might want to dip down in credit quality. Maybe you like something more like muni high yield or corporate high yield. If you're more bearish, you want to go investment grade, corporates, treasuries, investment grade munis. You can't buy all of fixed income across the board and expect all of it to perform in line. We've seen rapid deterioration in price because of rates, but because we think that rates are going to hold steady for the time being, the catalyst or the drivers are going to be credit. And so you want to pick your spots, know why you're buying what you're buying, why it's going to perform, why it's going to underperform, and make sure you're aware of that as you select your investments. I think fixed income is very interesting right now because of where outright yields are. But again, pick your spots, know why you're buying what you're buying. Thanks, Sonny. That was Sonny Gill from our trading desk out of Los Angeles with Makai Municipal Managers. That wraps up this episode of Muni360 Podcast with New York Life Investments. I'm Chris Roberti with Makai Municipal Managers. Please be sure to subscribe and look out for new episodes. 
We really appreciate you rating the show and leaving a review so we can spread these insights to as many as possible. Thanks for listening. That wraps up this episode of Muni360 Podcast with New York Life Investments. I'm Chris Roberti with Mackay Municipal Managers. Please be sure to subscribe and look out for new episodes. We really appreciate you rating the show and leaving a review so we can spread these insights to as many as possible. Thanks for listening. municipal bond risks include the ability of the issuer to repay the obligation, the relative lack of information about certain issuers, and the possibility of future tax and legislative changes, which could affect the market for and value of municipal securities. Bonds are subject to interest rate risk and can lose principal value when interest rates rise. Bonds are also subject to credit risk, which is the possibility that the bond issuer may fail to pay interest and principal in a timely manner. Investing in below investment grade securities may carry a greater risk of non-payment of interest or principal than higher rated securities. Past performance is no guarantee of future results, which will vary. It is not possible to invest directly in an index. Diversification does not assure a profit or protect against loss in a declining market. Active management is the use of a human element, such as a single manager, co-managers, or a team of managers to actively manage a fund's portfolio. Active management strategies typically have higher fees than passive management. Credit spread reflects the difference in yield between a treasury and corporate bond of the same maturity. Duration is a measure of the sensitivity of the price of a bond to a change in interest rates. CPI is the consumer price index that measures the overall change in consumer prices based on a representative basket of goods and services over time. Credit quality. Percentages are based on fixed income securities held in the fund's investment portfolio and exclude any equity or convertible securities in cash or cash equivalents. Ratings apply to the underlying portfolio of debt securities held by the fund and are rated by an independent rating agency, such as Standard & Poor's, Moody's, and or Fitch. If ratings are provided by the rating agencies but differ, the lower rating will be utilized. If only one rating is provided, the available rating will be utilized. Securities that are unrated by the rating agencies are reflected as such in the breakdown. Unrated securities do not necessarily indicate low quality. S&P rates borrowers on a scale from AAA to D. AAA through B represent investment grade, while B through D represent non-investment grade. This material contains the opinions of the Mackay Municipal Manager's team of Mackay Shields, LLC, but not necessarily those of Mackay Shields, LLC. The opinions expressed herein are subject to change without notice. This material is distributed for informational purposes only. Forecasts, estimates, and opinions contained herein should not be considered as investment advice or a recommendation of any particular security, strategy, or investment product. Information contained herein has been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but not guaranteed. Any forward-looking statements speak only as of the date they are made, and Mackay Shields assumes no duty and does not undertake to update forward looking statements. The strategies discussed are strictly for illustrative and educational purposes and are not a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any securities or to adopt any investment strategy. There is no guarantee that any strategies discussed will be effective. Neither New York Life Insurance Company nor its affiliates or representatives provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Please contact your own professionals. Mackay Municipal Managers is a team of portfolio managers at Mackay Shields. Mackay Shields is 100% owned by NYLIM Holdings, which is wholly owned by New York Life Insurance Company. Not all products and services provided by Mackay Mackay Shields may be available to all investors, limited by applicable laws and regulations in certain jurisdictions. No part of this material may be reproduced in any form or referred to in any other publication without the express written permission of Mackay Shields. New York Life Investments is both a service mark and the common trade name of certain investment advisors affiliated with New York Life Insurance Company. Securities distributed by New York Life Distributors, LLC, 30 Hudson Street, Jersey City, New Jersey, 07302.